one. So do something like this. I'm gonna do a few, a few more academics because I love that. Um, the first one is about um, doing Tisha B'Av or doing Kavanas of Me'adim. So I have a comment, which is like something like this. Um, we've been doing, uh, I think we started with, with uh, like some two classes of just the beginning of Shara Kavanas and then we did some stuff about Pesach and Spira. And right now it's gonna be uh, Tisha, Shana, and Kepa and Sukkot and all of those things. We were discussing, I was discussing with Jeremy also, um, that we probably, if, if we would have wanted to do um, uh, Shoshana, we would have had to like basically start now and uh, get through the whole thing because there's a lot of, a lot of action and also a lot of uh, fun. But the, There's basically two two reasons why I'm not doing that right now, and I don't plan to. We're planning not. I'm gonna plan if we could. It's, we're not gonna stick to it entirely because I'm gonna have to do something. But uh, at least officially, my plan is not to do Rosh um, Hashanah and all that. And there's really two reasons. One is one is that I there's one is that I feel like we need a lot a little bit more. Uh, uh, basic understanding of how things work, and, uh, and we did it on Pesach, and it's not that bad, but it's, there's some value in starting in a more like sustained, serious uh, way from the beginning. Although the whole Shara Kavanas is not really that, we should have done Etz Chaim or Etz Chaim at least for that. But, um, and the second is maybe more interesting reason, which is that. I could rely on myself to do a lot of uh, stuff for him um, because they, they, act, they actually work. Uh, they give you a lot of space and a lot of, uh, if you could, we could talk about like skills as man for uh, getting into uh, like Kavana Savashashana or well, spend a lot of time in Shulash and things like that or Pesach or Shuas and things like that. Uh, whereas the day-to-day -day, uh, life, um, at least people like me can't rely on ourselves to, to have anything happen just every day. And that's kind of um, a problem. In the same sense that it's a problem to do things, just start from like some nice drush uh, about Purim uh, and not know like what it's all about. It's the same problem in, in, in real life, which is more, more important to me, really. And, I do a lot of classes about, and I'm very pro uh, pure theory because I think the life of the mind is a real thing. But I think, um, especially in this class, there's like a, a focus or a, an intention to, to have things be real or to have things be practical in the sense of uh, practice, not in the sense of translating it to something else, but in the sense of uh, doing that. And it's kind of a shame that we don't practice uh, every day or daily life, which is like a real thing. And it's not only a real thing, it's also the, the vessel in which 
uh, Shabbos and Yom Tiv and all of these like uh, lights and sirens kind of days, like amusement parks uh, could actually happen. <laughs> I'd say this a lot of times, like the true way of, of experiencing Shabbos or Shabbos is relatively easy because it comes on the week uh, or any Yom Tiv or anything like that is not to start with that Yom Tiv because if you don't have like a, your own practice or your own understanding of how things work, you're just borrowing things all the time. It's like Misha, what does he do on Shabbos? He goes to his neighbor and borrows, borrows stuff, right? Or you go to a class and you listen to whatever the guy uh, prepared himself and understood and figured out and told you. Uh, and nothing really becomes yours. And not only, not only what you have isn't yours, also, um, also the, 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 the Shabbos itself doesn't, doesn't become yours and doesn't actually work. In other words, it, it's somewhat... It's somewhat uh, False. Wait, I need to silence everything. Shah, shah, shah. Not now. Not now. Silence my computer. Silence everything these days. Okay. Um, yeah, so in other words, I, I really believe that, for example, if it's, if it's Piram, which is like the craziest day you could think of usually for as many people, and you're going to start with, uh, you know, let's say drinking, or even if it's like an avoid or some kavana, Piram, that's, you're going to, you're going to be fooling it. You're going to be faking it in a certain sense. The real, the real way would be to start with Maidani or wherever your day starts or whatever kind of uh, self-practice you have or self you know how you get into how you get somewhere, how you how you do something, and then if if it's really if it's really pertinent, if it's something if it's something real, it will enlighten that. So there's it's like we discussed one time about the eye that always needs to get things come to it. You need when if you talk about set say mayadim um, as some kind of enlightening something, you need, there needs to be something to enlighten. You need to enlighten something. You can't have days of light if you don't have what to enlighten. In other words, if you don't know what your question is, you can't get an answer. And the question is really what's you and some more or less translates to day-to-day uh, -day things or daily, daily, like getting up in the morning kind of, kind of practice, not a, not a like uh, amusement park uh, trip kind of <laughs> practice. Um, so that's why, I'm, and I've not done this enough, and that's why I think that since I do believe that studying these kind of things is helpful for like creating a space in your mind to understand like okay let's figure out what is waking up what is going to the bathroom in the morning what is washing your hands uh all of these kind of things because that's the real life in other words in other words like the understanding you have to go to the bathroom guess what and you also have to say i'll tell dime in the morning otherwise like it doesn't it doesn't go away that that thing and that's that's the real things that's the real things that happen in a certain sense and that's the like the base you could call it like the base the the, the foundation for everything else but it's also the, it's also more than the foundation. It's like the, the real things happen over there. And, and of course, we could have different ways of actually like moving that, the, the like, you know, there's such a halacha, right? If there's two, there's two mitzvahs or two, whatever it is, right? Two tefillahs or two kavanas that we do. Always the one that happens more often precedes the one, the Shabbos one, right? So on Shabbos we do the, before we do the Musaf and Ayamta, we do the, uh, the more often things happen, the more, 
they actually have like a considered to, to, to be more important to have more uh, more reality to them uh, so therefore I want to that's that's my reason for trying to and since we don't do it enough I try to try trying to let's try to go through at least once like you know the whole thing from the beginning and then if we'll get to another kind of religion or another kind of them or anything like that will uh, well, it, it will have where to go and, and that's that's actually where the, the things that we talk about like sometimes about uh, every day having look of come in they all, you can only have the, the real ones the new ones that for every day if you if you start your day with yourself if you start your day with uh, whatever it is that you can do in other words something that you can sustain uh, day to day something that you could you could make happen by yourself not that you need to wait for some uh, you know, some magic to happen in order for it to work. Uh, that's the basic uh, uh, reasoning behind that. Um, I didn't want to say something that's kind of the opposite of that, but uh, continuing what we discussed last week about, uh, I was talking about the remez of Mithlasi Daim, of jumping uh, from one end to the other end. And it's important, it's not really, it's like all these kind of things, I'm saying it as if it's a contradiction, but it's not really, it's just a, a way, a figure of speech, just to get you curious. Um, shouldn't tell you that, because now you're not curious. Anyways, um, we're discussing the idea of, like we talk about Levalglis as certain, right, to confuse the, uh, the Yetzirah, and one of the uh, confusions is by jumping from one way to the other. In other words, by not being coherent, or not being entirely consistent, or not being predictable, we call it. And I've been uh, thinking about that more. There's something very, uh, very dangerous in in looking for too much consistency uh, in yourself and in, in the way. Uh, something, is, something weird here. I don't know why. Okay, and the way that. Uh, In the way that uh, you get to things. In other words, give me a second. It's really bothering me. I don't know why it's doing this. Wait, something is. My computer is doing that. I don't know. You hear me now? You don't see my video, what happened? Starts video. Okay. Anyways, um, and it's a false consistency or false uh, coherence. In other words, I'll give you a very simple example. Uh, and I read this uh, somewhere that week, so I'm thinking that way. Um, people get into fights with their wife or with uh, anyone. Now there's a correct way to end the fight, and it just basically say you're wrong. I'm wrong. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, it's kind of magic. It works every time. Now one of the reasons why many fights, and some of the fights literally take like a thousand years because nobody figured out this problem, because most people have an inflated idea of their self coherence. In other words, yeah, I could. In other words. If you think rationally, I could just say, yeah, you're right. And it was obviously a mistake because I didn't mean to get into a fight. Maybe I'm right theoretically, you know, but this didn't work. So let's just try a different direction. Uh, but people have a big, uh, big Indian and saving face or like coming up with a theory 
why I have to change my mind or why I have to apologize to you now and why I have to calm down. Like I'm mad. Wait, I can't stop being mad, right? So mad is like Yetzirah, like literally the sudden that's coming. Right? It's not really, you can, you can see it that way. And like, and there's like this big, this big problem with like, oh wait, I'm, an, I'm a rational guy, right? If I'm mad, I'm probably right to be mad. And if I'm just going to turn around and say, oh, forget it. I'm not mad anymore. That was stupid. I'm sorry. Uh, it's very hard for most people. Because we're normal, right? Because we, we, we always like create narratives of how we're consistent, of how, you know, there was a good reason for that. And even if you apologize, you're going to find some whole story. Like, you know, if you're like uh, Haredi, you're going to come up with a story that, you know, you had a, people like have long fights, you come up with the story like you have a, you know, I had a problem and I was thinking that because you were in the Meichelnis, maybe we should, <laughs> well, you mixed, get God involved for your excuse to, to like be coherent. Because otherwise, you can't just say, you know, I, I figured out that I was stupid. No, because I'm never stupid. Ah, there's some like story, there's something that makes, makes me coherent. By, and that's just a waste of time. Uh, the same thing with like, right, we talk about the concept of tshuva, all right, which is a very important concept if you see it this way. People are like, people have a lot of ideas about their identity. Like, I am this, I am that. And in order for me to change, I need to come up with some really good excuse, like with some really coherent story, you know? People have all these uh, conversion narratives, which are totally made up almost all, of, all the time. In other words, they're, they're presented after the fact because, because you need to like have a coherent story about yourself and it, it keeps you back from a lot of good things. It also keeps you back from some bad things, you know, because hopefully you have some good habits too. <laughs> the are type, right? Literally. Uh, but it often keeps you back from good things too. At least when you know what the good things are, sometimes just ignoring the supposed consistency is very helpful. Like, some, I often think about Yom Kippur as mostly an excuse to do tshuva, or to, we could talk about another Lachavayla, as you said, is before Yom Kippur. Right? Yom Kippur is about Yom Kippur Mechaper and Yom Kippur until you, right? You have to, supposed to uh, make peace with your enemies. And there isn't really a good reason why you should make peace only on Yom Kippur and not um, wherever, you know, Tisha But it's just kind of an excuse, you know, it's Yom Kippur and the Mishnah says that I'm not going to get the microphone unless I ask you forgiveness, so let me do it. It's, just, it's helping, the Mishnah is there to help you, give you a good excuse why you're doing that. But, and, but I'm, it's like a, literally like a deadline, you're like, okay, now I have an excuse to have, make it happen. But the, the real, if you think of the real idea of Yom Kippur, it's kind of, breaking that narrative or breaking that supposed supposed consistency that like coherence i need to i need to be consistent and we could think about it if it's totally we shouldn't be too crazy because like some kind of normal scene you need to have some coherence in your mind otherwise you can go crazy but uh you should not be afraid of of, of having things happen at random or jumping into things at least the true things the good ones the bad ones you should be afraid but the good ones and it's, uh, I don't know how I got to this from, ah, so that's, that's kind of, yeah, so that's kind of the opposite of what I'm saying in the sense that that's not so, you would see it as something that's um, not built up so much step to step, step by step, or not, not going in a, like, okay, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's more of like, boom, uh, boom, Yom Kippur, right? Boom, Shabbos, something like that. Um, but it's not really like that because that's why it's not really a contradiction because it's really about um, 
That's really about allowing, and like that's why we call this the Yetzirah and this the Like it's really about allowing the, the things you know to be correct to just appear without, uh, without giving them so many, like, without waiting for, you know, to make it match with too many things, like to make it cohere with too many different, different parts of, of things. So that's, that's just to, to finish the thought that we had last week about uh, jumping from one thing to another. It's not really about jumping, it's about like, you know, if you ask, if someone, you know, if yesterday I was waste, I was just uh, wasting my time and today I'm not wasting my time and like, I don't have to be worried about this question, like, wait, what happened? No, that's what happened. That's all. It's because it's true, because it's correct. Or, uh, you know, we talk about the Advaikas or different Madragas uh, and a lot of the problems in, in reality are about like, how can I come up with a story? Why? this moment I'm doing the good thing and the moment before I wasn't. You don't have to come up with a story. You could wait for your biographer to come up with like, oh, so there was this uh, crisis when he was 27 and yeah, no, there was no crisis. It just happened. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's about that. Um, I'm gonna read a little bit. Uh, you still see my screen or I have to share it again? You see it? No, I don't see it. Wait, I have to find it. Oh, it's here. Okay, I'll put you back over here. Maybe. Let's see if it works. Um, yeah, okay, so I'm going, I'm going to do Ben Amtsurim anyways. Well, it's actually, some of it is actually for every day also, so maybe match with what I said or maybe not. Uh, it starts like this. And it's actually very short. Daisel has literally like, you can see 500 words about, about Ben Amtsurim. So very few, very few words, very few information. Like everything else, it's actually based on like entire structures that he has in his mind. If you know a lot of other, it kind of connects with a lot of other practices and other understandings that he has, but at least what he has to say explicitly about this is kind of short. We'll kind of try to finish the whole thing. And as usual, he starts with two minhagim, uh, so like actual things to do, practices. The first one is about crying. And I don't think he, I don't know if he made up this minute or he's like confirming it, someone else made it up. And it's minute, is, is a person with a soul, which are, most people are not, guess what? Uh, or not consciously. Most people don't, don't, don't take care of their nefesh. If you are a bal nefesh, and this is important, you'll see, is, it's a good idea. And so there's, this is a minute where people do it actually. When I, there was once I was in the yeshiva where they did that. Every day in the three weeks they would, uh, like after chatzos at one o'clock or whatever, they would say taking chatzos. Do people do that? Do you do that? Yeah. Um, but there's such people that do that. If you go to some shows, you can see people doing it. Um, and so, so now the important thing for the reason is to actually cry. And um, then the next line he explains why why dafka after chatzas because in the afternoon I don't remember what the pasuk says and so that's connected to a whole understanding that he has about and it's actually a kind of true thing which is that morning mornings are more kind of more chesed times in the afternoon, everyone gets tired and like, you know, the world starts to wind down. 
that's that's called keynote it's slowly like the shadows of evening start to appear and that's actually the reason why so this is based on a medrash on that pusik which we have to look up and get the whole context because that pusik is actually saying something that we cannot we have to stop the war because it's getting dark we have to wake up in the morning something like that but somehow the medrash or the idol i'm not sure and maybe the czar understood it to have these two saying that it says so like Woe is to us that it's, the day is going away, and, and that Zohar understands that to mean because the afternoon is a time of din, like Mincha has to do with Yitzchak, right? Um, and that's why the Srepas Besamikdash happened actually after Chatzos. And you'll see later that there's some interesting question about this because of Tishbov. We After after Chatzos and Tishbov, we actually kind of calmed down. So that's the opposite of what it should be. So that's a question that Daniel actually asks and then. Um, so that's, that's why it's the right time. In other words, it wouldn't really make sense to do it in the morning. Like you wake up, you don't sit down and cry. You wake up, you, you have to eat breakfast. You don't shake it. Um, this is a line that I, I would like to uh, focus on. In other words, this is going back to what he, he just said, that it's a minute for Bali Nefesh. This is connected to what we, we discussed a few times, it's, I think, in Darizal's uh, version of mitzvahs, and Darizal's version of the world. Um, the kavana, in other words, the thing that he's trying to get after is something that happens to your, what he calls your nefesh, or your soul. It doesn't mean here nefesh, lafuke, ruach, neshama, just a language. It means your, your soul, your mind, your, yourself. Um, and, the, and the way he understands things is that they need to do give, like we spoke of in kavana satfila, about the, uh, right? You're supposed to get some kind of life from, from kavana, from davening, from everything. And there's different practices, and this is actually the source. And I actually found that Ramak says this to Fetish in, in the Zohar, and I saw it in this, in this book that I was reading. Um, Ramak asked the question why the Zohar has various different menhagim, um, and the Zohar seems to be very extreme in some of them. Like he makes up, he makes some little mimic or some little akhpadet for like the worst thing. Like we talk about the Plus Yidayim, right? There's a famous quoted Zohar, which doesn't actually exist, that says that if you walk around before the Plus Yidayim, you're high of Misa, right? Um, and that's obviously false. I mean, you don't, it's not like Dalgins is best. It's not like, it's not as bad as, as, as being Mechal Shavit. But the, the Ramak explains that, that the Zohar is speaking in his world. In other words, for the kind of Neshama that you want to achieve, if you're a, if you're a Zohar person, if you're a Baal Nefesh, like I said, if you're after what the Idol is after, which is called, known sometimes as Asagah, right? Uh, enlightenment, I don't know, or uh, understanding, wisdom, however you want to call it. Um, then these kind of things, some, sometimes the, the, the values of things are different in this world than in like Pshat. Al Pshat, okay, you need to keep Shabbos and you need to wear tzitzit or whatever you need to do. And Al Pshat, in other words, not that they're not machloikis and the really. It's really like, has a, because it has some, something of a different objective. Like the objective of, of, the, of the halacha, the literal halacha is, you know, to be a good Jew or, or whatever you understand that objective to be. But the objective of, of Pshat is actually to get somewhere. And therefore people who, who had that vision, they had some kinds, they could emphasize something which seems to him very important for that, and he could de-emphasize some other things maybe even, because they're less important for that. So that's, that's why we have different minhagim. Um, and, and, and you see the reasons that the Rizal gives for, for some minhagim, for this one definitely, is that it's, it's, some, it's useful for, for being a makubal. It's useful for what he calls benefesh adam. It's useful for, for achieving what he's after. Um, in other words, the, the Arizal about, and this is kind of weird, I, I, I discussed this, I think, already once here. Um, 
the Izal is saying, telling you that you should actually cry, it's not only because he's like, he's so sad about the Chavim Besamikdash. It's more because he wants to connect you with some kind of Asaga, which is connected to the Shekhinah. Because everything that, if you want to have understanding, you need to work with the Shekhinah. You need to understand how she works and how she, how all her ups and downs. And crying is actually, and this is actually at least one way of understanding, crying is crying for her uh, crying for the Gulas Shekhinah is one very powerful way of, of connecting you with that. Of giving you that that kind of connection, of giving you that kind of uh, opening. Therefore, if there's a time where there's more galus hashchina, like in like in the three weeks, and and if it's after chatzos, which is like the time when there's some kind of more dinim in the world, uh, crying is actually is like his way of uh, getting you into that. So, and he literally wants it means like you should cry. It says lifkos mamash. It's not like be very sad. It's actually two different things. Like actually cry. And that gets us into a second like, point of that where, and there's actually in the beginning of Shark they quote the Ramak. I don't know if, it, if you didn't read it, but they quote the Ramak about crying. And this is based on the, on the Gemara that says, uh, right, Kola, I remember something. If all the gates get closed, then the gates of crying can stay open, right? Sharid Ma'otlon in Aluk. And the Ramak like translates this into Kabbalah, and he claims said that your eyes are Chachma and Bina, and by like crying is making a zivik chachman binna, which opens the life of keser. Um, in other words, crying is actually a useful thing, even without the concept of, of being sad because the shechina is sad, because there's tzara shechina. Uh, crying in itself is a, actually a very, um, very important uh, practice for, for Darizal to, to, to open certain gates that, that are hard to open any other way. And it's sometimes even hard to even connect it to like sadness. It's something that, there's a famous uh, uh, story of Rebbe Kiva saying she has shirim and crying, right? And the Nilchas Shabbos, it gets brought down because it's an achloik if you're allowed to cry on Shabbos. And the, the, the reserve says that if you're crying that way, then you're for sure allowed to because it's crying out of not really joy. It's like overwhelming. I think like more like being overwhelmed by the amazingness of, of things. Uh, I think that's maybe a more precise way of saying it. Um, and there's the, also the famously that Izal is very into crying. Um, the Izal literally says, if you don't cry, then your soul is broken. Um, and it kind of connects with what he's saying, because this is, this is like the, the way to, it's like weeping is a way of opening your, opening your mind to a different state of opening yourself. Uh, Moshe Idel has like a whole article about weeping as mystical practice or something like that. Uh, but that's, that's, that's true. That's what Darizal is after over here. So that's what Izminig is about crying. And that's actually why, I, I think this is actually a much, if you think about it, this is like flipping the script right, a little bit. In other words, instead of having uh, Tisha B'Av and crying and Avela uh, Sahar being like some kind of uh, depressing thing, it, it actually gets turned into like just yet another way to, uh, yet another way to get Recha Kodesh, you know, like yet another way to be a prophet. That's all it is. And that's why, People like that is all they they're not they're not they're never they're never like really broken they're never like really I mean like at least not in this way they're never like trying to be sad they're really always trying to achieve God and this is always the same same purpose and if it's there's crying is one practice and laughing is maybe another practice actually laughing never gets mentioned but maybe some other people um, um, simcha is another thing but uh, just just another way just like another and, and crying is one of the big ways to him. And as he goes on to say, like I was saying, it's not only, nothing starts by the special dimes. 
אז הנה חצי שעה לילה, אין צריך להזכיר, כי אפילו בכל שער הלילה צריך לסבל על החרבים. Actually, every night you should be doing this, or almost every night, maybe not on Shabbos or something. Uh, but basically, every night you're supposed to be saying things in Chatzos, because just like there's a, after Chatzos HaYoyim, there's some kind of Gabriel Sadin, after Chatzos HaLayla, there's something else where the Shekhinah goes down in the Adam HaSabiyah, and you need to cry in order to uh, connect with her uh, stage then. And the coach can be led as Ben Amtsurim, Shlech Lohoisif, in the nights of Ben Amtsurim, it's, You should like double, double your tigrachatas. Obviously referencing the famous Mama Chazal about and definitely, what he definitely means is actually day in every day. And this is the Chesidosh, it's very, I'm very into this, about the, the famous uh, reading of like not it's not about the future, it's about the present. But Arizal definitely means something like that, which is like, uh, for example, in the way that Arizal understands Chatzos every day, is that at night, Shechina, every, every morning is kind of like a Binyam HaSamikdash. So every, every night, Shechina goes and goes in Golis, it's dark, she gets into the darkness. Whatever difference is before Chatzos, after Chatzos, all that whole long story. And then in the morning, we actually raise her up. It's not in, every morning we raise the Shechina from, from, the, from the earth, Shechina from after. That's the Kavanah Tzun Shaliyad, actually, where you literally, the Shekhinah gets raised to the heart of the Zah, and then it gets even higher, Bashman Esra. Um, that's why every single morning he has, like, a, the whole history happening. Like, every night is like Golas, like, like, night is Golas, and every morning you have some kind of Golas. And that's, in other words, and, and, like, the place it starts, this is, like, an interesting thing, the place where your, a lot of it starts is in the, in the dark place, in the, in the, If you wake up at, at the midnight and you cry for the Shekhinah, uh, then in the morning you'll be happy with her. The Zohar is very interest, interested in this Mamre Chazal that says, So the Zohar explains this as, if you, uh, it's actually like some contradiction, but if you, there is an understanding, if you connect with the Shekhinah where it's coming down. So it's somewhat coming down. And this is also a good thing. Also something that I feel is very interesting. Because Galitza Shekhinah is sometimes a good thing for you because that's kind of where you are, or at least where you start off, because, which is in the dumps, like in Bia, in Olamazeh. And, and if you cry, you connect to that, and then you kind of get, off, get onto the train and go up along with her. That's C.C. Tamasai's Kalamas Abdelmaleh. But that's, uh, and the same thing if you think about the, If you think about the order of the year, there's something very similar, depending on how you exactly will divide it, but you could think about, uh, the Zohar literally says, there's different months that are different, have different uh, attributes. And if you think about, there's, the Zohar in, in Echa said there's four months, four, four good months, which are Adar Nisan, Yer Sivin. But four months straight of, like, Adar is Marvin Besimcha, and, and we have Pesach and Shavuos and all of that. And then there's four other months where we kind of go down and they're um, Thomas of Tevitz and Shvat. So there's kind of a skip. But if you think about this, we have to think about where, where Tisha fits into this picture. But if you could, you could kind of think of, of, of Thomas and Av as like the midnight. And then by Elo, we kind of do the same thing we do every morning, which is raise the Shekhinah up until we get to Shekhinah which is like Lekshman Esra of the morning, like the... the the high point of, of Shachas, of, of the actual Yichid, which happens in the morning. Um, 
so there's the same kind of the same kind of process in the in the kind of yearly if you you could think of and Basil actually understands it like this you could think of uh, the three weeks and Tisha B'Av as as touching the connecting with the Shkinat at its lowest point which is which is by crying and then once it's Tisha B'Av afternoon actually it starts going up and you have uh, seven weeks of uh, land and Achamta which actually connect Tisha B'Av to Beshashana right to land and Achamta and um, the week before Hashanah, and that's kind of bringing her up, and you, could, you have a nice number seven, which matches with a lot of things. Okay, okay I'm going to skip the part about Shachiyonu, that's just Hanukkah. Uh, Darizal says you should not make a Shachiyonu, and that's fine, whatever, just a minute. Okay. And now I'm going to go to the main. The main kavana of Ben Amtiram, this is the only kavana literally that Arizal has for the three weeks. And he seems to want you to be Mahavna three times a day for three weeks. And it's like this. And it's an easy kavana, you can actually do it if you want. And it says like this. We have, and it's it, it basically based on the three first brachas of Shemanasra and the three last brachas, or the two of the three last brachas at least. He kind of skips the middle, the last, uh, the middle uh, and go like this. I'll, I'll tell you the kavanah and then you'll, I'll make you a picture. So, all the kavanah start with the Shema right? Everyone knows that. That's called Shema Mephayrash. I'm going to write it out. On, don't be mad at me. And it's, that's everything. Everything is around that. Now, now, the Shema Gets uh, mispashed, right? Like we, we very often talk about Absag Ma'aben as relating to the four issues of the Shema which is one way in which we could call it as a like a parish, like a different uh, a pshat in the Shema Like Shem Ab is one pshat in the Isiod, and even Shem, Shem is like Elokim or Adna in Darizal's world and in Kabbalah generally are like one kind of pitish of the Shema or Or sometimes we call it something else, we call it one kind of Nivush, one kind of garment which the Shema manifests itself through, or one kind of way of looking at it, or different things like that. Now, one of the interesting ways of doing this is we could think of letters before and after uh, the, the four letters. So we discussed this once in, in, in like Weimar, I think, about the letters before the Shaman Kim. But before Shavavaya, we have these four letters. Before Tes, we have a, before Yud is a Tes, before He is a Dalit, uh, before Vav is a Hai. So we have Tes, Dalit, He, Dalit. That's kind of the letters before. So if you look at the Shema and you kind of, uh, I'm, I'm seeing it like on the right side and I see why. Um, like the letters before that are the Shema. In other words, like the Pneumius would be the Shema but it's like a way of, of seeing it from the side or like not actually getting to it, but getting close to it or like some kind of, uh, it, he calls it a Tmura, like uh, a Tzirit. This is like a cipher, right? Like this is the Caesar cipher basically, one, one removed, right? Uh, if you make well, minus one on each letter, you get to this to this Shem, which is Tes Dalet Hai Dalet. And the same thing we can do it the other way around, and we could do the letters after that, which are after Yud is Chof, and after Hai is Vav, and after Vav is Ayn, and after Hai is Vav. So that's the after the Shemavaya. So you could see a Shemavaya as having this on the right side and this on the left side, or this before it and this after it, right? Uh, so those are two two uh, ways of changing the Shema into something else, which is like, it's still the same thing if you know the, if you know the cipher, right? If you know by how much to push it, but you don't know that you don't know what it is. It's a, tran 
we could call it like a, tra a bad translation, like a translation which you need a key for to understand. And there's a third one, which I'm going to put on bottom because that's how it, the image looks to me, which is the atbash, and everyone knows what atbash is. And atbash is literally on the bottom. So atbash is when you, when you uh, connect the beginning of aleph to the end, right? And you do aleph tos, uh, aleph tov shin. So you're kind of folding the aleph bas one onto, it, onto itself. You can think about it like that, right? Um, uh, so that's like a middle, a middle way of changing things. And Natbash Shavaya would be Yud becomes a Mem. I don't remember this by heart, but I'm going to believe that easily that that's how it works. Uh, he becomes a Tzaddik. Makes sense, right? Yeah, if you think about it. Uh, and uh, Avuv becomes a Peh, that I do remember, and He becomes a Tzaddik. Yeah, so that matches. So that's another, well, he would probably write it like this usually because it's Ambitzaddik. Uh, so that's a third uh, place where the Shemavaya hides. Now, if you think about, this, this is a Pshat, he doesn't say it, but that's how most people understand it. If you think about the Shemavaya going into exile, or time of time of later we talk about Mitzodim literally like Ben Hamitzodim which is like straits or not like we talk about Mitzrayim as being the constraint around the Shem Shem of the Kim or Shem of I. Uh, if we talk about Mitzodim one of the ways we could talk about it is these kind of three sides or three ways of the Shem of I getting hidden. Well, like the way I call it, a good way of thinking about it is a bad translation. Or if you say something in a different language and you don't know that language, then you don't. You don't know what's going on. That's a good metaphor for Simpson generally, or for the entire story we call about the bush. Like I often talk about the, the maggot talked about Simpson as letters. In other words, if I write you something and you have no idea what it means, then I'm I'm hiding myself from you. But if you do know what it means, then I'm revealing myself. And I could reveal myself, I could explain myself or articulate myself in more direct and more more obvious ways and in less obvious ways. And these are the less obvious ways. So that's the that's the basic uh, basic story. Now that Izal sees uh, his actual kavanah works like this, where he says there's three, the three first brachas of Shemanesh are generally, well, they're generally chesed v'ruchas that's why I put them right, left, and middle. But they're generally, uh, yeah, if you look in like a Sephardi city, you'll see Avai with Segel in the first bracha, and with the Shva in the second, and with the Cholim in the third. And, and what he wants you to do is, when you say Baruch Atah Hashem and Mogen Avram, so the Shem is Avai, and then you think about the which is not exactly a translation of things, but Yevachavan, how the Shema Baya would, is actually what is inside the Tes Dalet Dalet. So, actually the first, saying, maybe also in the second, I'm not sure. So, the, the change, the Tmura, Tmura is a, a, a term for these kinds of things. So, you the first bracha, you're going to be machavan how the Shemavaya, or in other words, the real way would, it would work is you see only the Tez Dalet Dalet, and you know that it's Shemavaya. That, that's another way of saying uh, enlighten the Tez Dalet Dalet with the Shemavaya of the first bracha. The, same, the second bracha, which is Atta Giber, Chavan Shetor Avaya Zel Tmiros Hayotas Bechilaf, and this is this Shem, Tov of Zayin that's the second uh, bracha. Uh, and the third bracha, which is the middle bracha, you would be mechavan to revise that list of atpash, and that's matzpat, mem tzadik, which is another, uh, well, these are the three first brachas of Shemnesna. So that's, that's the first kavan, and that's simple enough. And you can have a picture of it. Now, uh, now you could think, now he's going to get to it, why he says this in a second, but all these shamas together, According to him, Agimatke 360, I didn't count, so I'm going to believe him. It's true. Uh, yeah. 
called Shin, Shin Yud Nin, like a Shin, like the letter Shin, but it's, it means 360. Okay, uh, that's, that's these. Uh, is it true? And what's the significance there? He's going to say in a second, I think. Yeah, he's going to get to it. It makes, I'm not sure. Uh, so that, now, so that's, that's, that's the first component. So that's, you can think about the structure of the Shmanesra, how like the first three blochas here, like we have the, the Gemara says, the first three blochas are like the meeting and the last three blochas have the opposite kind of uh, movement, which are like moving out or saying uh, how the, we say thank you and goodbye, right? Right? Uh, and actually starts with it said, which is uh, like a prayer for the prayer to work, which is kind of weird weird thing, but if you understand the, the, the concept, you understand, but the, that's the Moshe of Chazal, like uh, if, you, if you walk into the king, then you first, you, you kind of establish the relationship, like and three, like three sides of establishing the relationship, okay, me and you, you and me, us together, something like that, and then, then you ask what you need, that's the 12 brachas in the middle, that is called that Nashikin, anyways, and then the third, third, third three brachas are like, please accept my prayer. So it makes sense. It's like Evich, Mikhail Pras and then he says, thank you, and, and goodbye. Sim Shalom is just a way to say goodbye. Anyways, now in the Arizal thing here, so in other words, when we get to the site, so now this is how God looks. This is how we see how our relationship is in the three weeks, which is which these, with all of these, all of these like um, weird translations. And then we get to the site, we actually have to, Somehow fix it. So when, what he's going to do in the Kavanah of and Sam Shalom is talking about being attacking these these three shamans. In other words, actually being mounted them. So in the beginning, we already said that it's the mayor, the Havaya, and the, we light the Havaya in these Philippine. But actually, when he talks about it, there's like a, a, a deeper move of actually uh, like make it actually work. Like it's not only like Hagdama, uh, it's actually it's actually the uh, like fulfillment phase of the of the of the story. Uh, like Netzachoy generally we would talk about the first few brachas as being Chesed Lutz and the last three as Netzachoy so like the actualization of things. Um, so he says this Kavana is like this. So you give him a Chavan, but it says, now we get into more Shemes, which are, these Shemes don't match so well, I don't have such a nice picture for them. But generally, <laughs> it says, the Gemat, let's say it's 295, that, that's easy. And it's the Gemat, the Alekim, the Melihain. So Alekim, with a hey, in other words, like this, it's Vigimati 295, and I know that that's true because with a yud it's 300, so that's five less. Uh, now you're gonna be mechavan like this, Ritzay has this tzirif of tzirif, so tzara and ratza are the same, the same letters. And that's the sword, the et tzara hiliyakov, the humanity of Asha. So the Rizal reads it, there's an et tzara, or es tzara, so the tzara, which is the shemelikim, in other words, the, the dinim or the, the gvilis, and you can notice. We have to think about the difference between Shema Lekim and the and the and the and these three Shema Vayas, which are also like some kind of demon, but they're not that much demon. And from this Suda Yivashai, in other words, we could make from this Suda we could make Ritzai. So we have to switch the letters. So in the Daniel's language, the whole Avoid of Ben Sudam is not. We don't actually accept the, the Chodim, right? Really a bad thing. We don't. And also, we don't cry over spilled milk. That's kind of useless. It's the the entire thing is about. Trading, we have to train, change the, the tzura into the tzai, or change the constriction into will. That's the English translation of that, right? And the, the Shaimas translation of that is, we have to sh- change the shema lokim into these 
other shamans, which are actually the Shem And the way for him to do it is by showing that they're the same. So if you think about it, you'll see like this. So he says, just what Ben Amtsurim. So Ben Amtsurim, again, is Tzurim, right? So these, let's say it's Tzara, it's Ben Hamitzurim. So we have these Tzar, with like constriction. Or, uh, so if you think in the language of Shemes, where the Tzuras come from, from this Shem. That's the source of all the problems. Now, there's really two, two famous Shemes that are, are, are Din. Usually we say that, in, at least in the Pardis that we learned, Elohim is the Shem of, of Kibura and Adna is the Shem of Malchus. The Zohar sometimes calls them Bezn Shalmal and Bezn Shalmatna, or Midas Adin Akasheh and Midas Adin Arafah, or Din Akashi and Din Arafia sometimes correspond to this. I just, there's like lower Din and higher Din. Higher Din is Elohim, lower Din is Adonai, which is also Shem of Din, right? Not, maybe not as Din, but slightly, slightly softer Din, but it's still Din. Now, Adna with Elohim, is Bigmatri 360, right? That makes sense because Adna is 65 plus 295 is again 360. So in other words, if you haven't, not, so there's two best Betedinim, right? I just told you, they're called Bezin Shalmata and you could call them like the upper and higher Bezin. And who are they? In Shem is Derele Kim and Adna. Shem said Benam Tzorim. So if you're between Mitzarim, so, so plural, there's two Mitzorim. Two Mitzorim are, and Mitzorim itself, and this gets even nicer, Mitzorim itself is also Bigmatri 360, which is, is that true? Yeah, no, it's 300, right? 250, and it makes sense to me. I think it's 280. It's more, no. No, Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim oh, no, sorry, sorry, it's 380, yeah. Shin, Shin and two Mems. Because Reish good is uh, Shin, and Mem Mem is two Mems. Again, Reshu is 
when we get to Sim Shalom, now Sim Shalom is Pushians, right? Sim Shalom. So it starts with Pushians. And the Chavim Boisam Bez Shinim Shibrish Taivish, so Sim Shalom, Chavim El Bez Hashinim Aniskalim. So the two Sians or Shians, Sim Shalom, one of the Sian and one of the Shians. But anyways, they're, they're the two Shians. So in other words, the Tesdal, it's all five, all five Shamers are the two Shians of Sim Shalom. That's one Kavan of Sim Shalom. And Gam, a famous Atzmon says Sim Shalom. If you read Count Sim Shalom by itself, how much is that? Sim uh, is 350. Shalom is 376, right? So we kind of have 300, twice 360 plus 6, right? And so now so we have 300 twice. So Sim Shalom is also the Gematria Shin Shin plus 6, which are the 6 Shemes, which are Havaya and his three Murat, and then the two Shemes, Elikim and Adma. So that's the Kavanah of Sim Shalom. And it doesn't really say what, why, what we're doing with it by Sim Shalom. Or why I understand in the first three we were like having the, having the Din, having the Havaya be the Din, be the be Mislavish and these three Levishim and these three Tzirufim. Uh, and then in the time of being Namtiket, and then Sim Shalom, I guess it's again like kind of referencing the Amtaka. So we kind of like include them both together. Right, so first we have the, the three shamans which are Avaya and Tezal, Tezal, and all of that. And then we have let Mamtik them by that's the, let, no. Then we have the Tzal, we have this Alekim Adna or the Alekim Bemelihan being Mamtik that with the three shamans. And then some Shalom, we kind of see that they're all the same thing, or we kind of put them all together in one, like in one word, which is Sim Shalom. So Shalom is always the Ichas. So Shalom is Shalom is putting together everything in one picture in a, in a harmony. So that's that's the kavana of Venam Tzorim, and that's all. That's the that's the whole kavana basically. Um, I'm gonna finish now. The Isla has one the one more thing that the Isla has to say about Tishabah, that that's his kavana for Venam Tzorim, and we should be mechavan for every Shmuel Asvegas. And then then he has one more thing to say about Tishabah, and this is really cool. But the only thing that he has to say about Tishabah is about Mashiach. And it, and, it, and it actually goes back to what we discussed earlier. So he has a question. I don't know which, which psikim of Nechama do we say about by Mincha. I'm not sure what he's referring to. But anyways, the guy I'm looking for the chef. So by Mincha and we, we kind of like calm down already. And we sit on the chairs. Now there's a big problem with this. There's kind of like two problems. One is, the main problem is that it, it seems, seems in Talmud Babli, I can't actually reference it before, and he discussed that that's because Mincha is this time of Din. Why? It's kind of backwards that we do the afternoon uh, less of it than in the morning if the, the men's level is making us in the afternoon. But the reason for this is, it has to do with what it says in, in the Gemara about and the Gemara asks, uh, why is it saying Mizma should be Kina? And the answer is because, and this is how he puts the answer. I'm, I'm, I don't think that the Gemara literally says this. I think this is his way of imagining it. He says, in the beginning, they were killing us. We're all going to die. So, the Gemara says, 
like it says, but So in other words, there's, there's, it's interesting that he seems to see it also in the reality. I didn't notice that until now. So the Chazal seem to say something simple. It says mizmalasa. Why is it mizma to be kinalasa? Right? It says in Himbergam nafasecha and all of that. And the Chazal say because kilachamos shefa chamos elaitz malavanim. Right? If he would have been, if he would have used his madness to, to kill off, he would have been lost. He would have all been dead. But since we're just burning the, just burning, what do we do with our minchu? We say some sukkim or something? You're looking? What? In the Sephardic Siddur, after the Chazara, there's a whole uh, uh, section called Pekin Nechama. I mean, I don't know if you can flip the video on here. Here, I'll show you. Um, oh, it says Nechami on Shishbab already? Right, so this is for after Chazara and Mincha. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. He's probably talking about that. I mean, um, it's titled Pekin <laughs> Yeah, so it's that. <laughs> so I think that's that. Yeah, so, so, yeah. So, so we understand that as something like, like, like being mamtik, the din of, of God, right? Like, if, if we would have done it on us, on our body, that would be worse. If we just burnt the building, okay, so now, now, he's, now he's calmed down. You know, he had his catharsis, you know. Got the building burnt, and now we're going to be alive. That's that's the chapter. And the the Daizal seems to read it also like in the reality. Like we see these Romans coming and like trying to kill us. We're like, wow, they're gonna they're not gonna stop. They're gonna kill us all. And then oh, they found the building to burn. All right, let them burn the building. And and therefore the Daizal, this is really weird because then Daizal says, okay, so that's why they didn't. Kind of when when the when, until the Mesmikdash was getting burned, it was worse. Once it is starting to burn, then we're like, okay. The Kiblin, they said Mizmelasa. He, he literally thinks that they said it then. Like at that second, when they saw that it's actually it's just burning the building. So it's a good minute. So like some people, it seems like some people were ma'ara. Some people didn't like the minute and the Kaimatal is taking the side of the minute and said, no, it's correct minute because there's actually uh, uh, the beginning of Nechama. In, in the actual, in the Basmikdash getting burned. So when you sat, when you say those psukim in the siddur, when you stop, when you sit on the chair, what you mean to say is thank you for burning the Basmikdash. Otherwise, it'd be just kind of. And that's one thing. And then he goes. There's a famous Medrash that says that Mashiach was born on Tishabat, and the Rizal says he was born by Mincha Tishabat, not by night or morning. And that's why we start to. Uh, be happy. This is actually very, very uh, radical yeah, thing to, yeah, to say. But I have to talk about that more in the whole other section. It has to do with if you, if we saw that it has to do with that. Either literally understand that yeah, yeah. there was some kind of aliyah of the shkena in in the second after the bismillah got burned, like after the or after the first thing happened, and it's connected to this whole idea of shofar kilach hamasa. Like Tariza has this idea, which is. That when you finish the deal, you get to Rachmin. Um, I have to think of it matches to this, but there's a tradition in Shamir Terech that kind of says literally that when the Bismikdash was destroyed, uh, the second moment was better than the first. Well, the first moment of like the decision of like, let's get over with this is a, is a bad decision. But once the decision is made, we're like, okay, we got divorced. You know, okay, then there's some kind of getting, okay, now we have to figure out what to do with this, right? So it's, it's some no, kind of coming down of the of the of the fire actually. 
it's it's kind of a reality uh you know when you yeah. hit rock bottom that's kind yeah. of when you start bouncing back up you know right so it's like they accept like and from both sides like the acceptance of and it seems like you want to 